to the next installment of the Yummy Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, a.k.a. Colette Prosper. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a comedy writer. I'm a, I'm every woman. I'm every woman. I won't sing for you. But anyway, um, happy um, summer. Fourth of July just passed. Uh, crazy fireworks on my block. How was your 4th of July? I saw Purple Rain at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Super fun. And then there was like a really amazing fireworks show afterwards. Uh, and uh, lots of crazy stuff in the news. Horrible uh, shooting on July 4th. So horrible and heartbreaking. Then you have people like Bette Midler and Macy Gray saying really dumb things. Just don't even say anything. Um, kind of relates to the topic of the show today. Um, I have on the show today, my guest is Shilpa Mantikar. She's a filmmaker. She's great. Very dynamic. Um, she's done everything. She was also a journalist too. Uh, and she's a very interesting person that I met over Twitter. I'm going to talk to her. We're going to be talking mostly about Jan, the Jan 6 hearings because it was like an epic TV show. Even though I didn't really watch it on purpose, I I followed it. I couldn't help but but follow it on social media. So I started talking to uh, Shipla about it. And uh, you'll hear our uh, conversation and if you like the show please give it five stars or give it a review on apple it's how people can find the show let's kick things off with a sketch it's an oldie but goodie because it's the season of ants it's a game of ants sketch sketch in an ant colony, far, far away, in someone's house in South L.A. Oh, back so soon, I see. And why are there so few left? My queen, it, it was a bloodbath. Your Highness, we heard the lady of the house scream, Ew, ants, just die. Then she blasted us with Windex. We lost Alatito, Pito, and Cheeto's 5,000 siblings. We, we even lost Mr. Cheesy Feet. No! Cheesy Feet? He promised me Parmesan crumb. Well, he's dead now. Let's move! Silence! I don't want to move! Let's drop this zero and get with the new hero. My queen, it, it sounds like you don't want to move. It's annoying. 
And I was here first. We have intel that she told her husband that she quote-unquote plans to fuck us up. Yeah, she's pulling out all the stops, and I heard she's got some gnarly bug spray. Man, I think it's time to retreat. This place sucks. But what about the sofa? So many crumbs and ice cream stains. Yum, yum, yum. It's a dead end. The family eats at the table only now. <gasps> We've heard the people next door are total slobs. We could go undetected for years. Let's go there. Okay, let us move. Awesome. So let's get into my talk with filmmaker and writer Shilpa Mankikar. Hey, Shilpa. Hi, Colette. How are you? Hi, good. Welcome. We met on Twitter. This is incredible. And like we're, me. We're yeah. New Jersey sisters. <laughs> yes, we're Jersey girls. Yes. Um, so is uh Cassidy Hutchinson, which we'll get to yeah. also. Um, you're an award-winning filmmaker based in New York, LA, Mumbai. You've directed projects featuring Aquafina and Lily Singh. Uh, you were a director at the 2015 ABC Disney Talent Showcase, your com your family comedy, Devaloween, won nine awards from Bali to Baltimore. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, you write typically. <laughs> oh, 13. Yeah. Ooh, okay. According to the IMDb, but yes. Um, so yeah, now it's 13. So since since uh, that publication, you've, you've amassed even more awards. So um, um, you write typically about second generation immigrants, women, rebellious youth, and historical epics. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you because this is kind of a historical epic time right now. Definitely. Um, the uh, the season finale of the Jan Six hearings has aired. Um, it's coming back sometime in July. Uh, Steve Bannon, I think, um, is supposed to speak, but he's he's oh, wow. trying to delay. Um, there's uh, so it's just like it's it's tell it's become a television show. It's become like a must see mini series. This whole thing, even though it's like our life, right? And it's seriously like dangerous and terrible things that are happening yeah um, i thought you were going to say the season finale of the uh constitution or something yeah well <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the season finale of uh america as we know it <laughs> yes yeah it really it all is it's all happening 
and it's all on TV. So I wanted to talk to you about that. We're also talking on the day that Katanji Brown Jackson is officially becoming a justice, yes. making her the first black woman confirmed for the Supreme Court. Uh, today, the Supreme Court also, because um, they're, they're rolling out all their, all their decisions. So um, their decision today, one of their decisions was to curb uh, EPA's power to limit greenhouse gases gas emissions rather. Um, but then like Biden is now allowed to terminate a controversial Trump era immigration policy. But we're not going to get into the weeds about politics. This is about TV. But can I ask you first, sure. a very random icebreaker. If you were a potato, Shilpa, what would you, what way would you like to be cooked? I would like to be mashed. I just made some mashed potatoes on Monday. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and then I learned fingerling potatoes are good for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it, and it's also easier. So like if you roast it and then mash it or like you boil it and then mash it. Yeah, I guess if you skin it, boil it and then mash it. And um, Epicurious has a whole competition where they had four chefs of different levels uh -huh. so one of them the advanced one used this like fine grater that was like a mesh wow <laughs> and it came out really creamy <laughs> Ooh. and then the beginners one was just like boiling and hand mashing it so okay exciting yeah. so like mashed potatoes i mean i typically love um just like roasted with olive oil oh, yeah. but uh yesterday i made a because i I learned from my friend who's from Spain how to make a Spanish tortilla. Ooh, so it's like the egg nice. um, kind of frittata looking thing, but it's uh, it's supposed to be a little bit more custard like. But anyway, it's it features onions and potato. And so I guess that like if I was a potato, I'd want to be in that uh, yeah, tortilla that fries. I made. Yeah, it was pretty successful. Home fries are good. French fries are a good classic. <laughs> awesome. I love I love some good French fries. Um, all of it. Potatoes, the uh, the versatile vegetable. It's great. Um, okay. So uh, speaking of uh, potato, um, this is a uh, Trump. So Trump is a uh, is kind of a, a a big old baked potato throwing well, plates I, with the ketchup. I like to call him Cheeto Corleone because in the beginning they were like, yes. don't use his name. <laughs> so I kept yeah. calling him Cheeto Corleone. <laughs> Oh, because in the way. during the hearings they never mention his name. Oh, really? I didn't know. Did, well, is that is that is that what you're saying? He, well, I meant when he became the president, people were like, yeah. oh, forty-seven or whatever." But I prefer yeah. creative nicknames. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's that video someone did with Cheetos on his face, so I was like, "Oh, Cheeto Corleone." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the yeah, yeah. I don't know, but then it's like it connects him to the Godfather, and it's like, don't do that. <laughs> but like, but yeah, I can I can see it because he is sort of like the way he he conducts business is very mafia like oh like yeah he he really takes from um you know our part of the world yeah he, exactly you know and you know that's like, what he was trying need, to bring into american politics if uh -huh. you need that much concrete in new york city how do you get it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna yeah, you're gonna be working with the mob somehow. So like that's totally his education. Like forget you Penn, like his yeah. education was was the mob. And uh and that's what he tried to do 
is, uh, you know, as a mob would, I guess, a mobster might try to incite a riot. So, you know, he was kind of playing into that. Um, I thought it was really, so, you know, I want to talk to you. So this, again, this is about like the Gen 6 hearing um, as must-watch miniseries. So in the miniseries, in episode six, we had the bombshell testimony of Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, AKA Jersey girl, um, who like is no hero. I, 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 these are no heroes. Even Liz Cheney is not a hero. She's very good showrunner. She's a very good showrunner. She's very good. Like, um, if we're looking at it from like a TV perspective or like a TV host, like she's a really good TV host. She asks, asks really insightful questions. You know, she really, um, uh, you know, served up some compelling arguments and whatever. But like, you know, she's a Cheney. They're they're terrible. These are all terrible people. Yeah, I mean, her dad was in the first place involved with having Kavanaugh as Bush the second's lawyer to overturn the 2020 election and all the voter suppression that was involved with that. So it's kind of ironic yeah. that now he's coming out and saying, choose between me and Trump in the insurrection. It's just the insurrection got violent. And I guess his daughter is running the hearings. And I guess from a political standpoint, they needed a Republican. So it doesn't seem partisan or something. So Right. But at the end of the day, like they didn't leave the party or something. They're still there with him. Although I guess yesterday, Cheney gave them an ultimatum Mm -hmm. because Trump wants to run again now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants to run again now. Uh even there was the there recently I don't know her name, but the woman that um supposedly slipped like quote unquote that like, you know, thank you for um protecting white life like when she thanked oh, yeah, the exactly. Supreme Court after they overturned Roe v. Wade, thank you for protecting white life. And But what she meant to say, which no, she said the quiet part out loud, but what she meant to say, what she says is, oh, you know, we're protecting the right to life, but like, no, no, no lady, like you meant white life. But anyway, um, she also in that speech, I think, uh, thanked him and she said how it was like an honor to be endorsed by Trump. So he's very much, uh, He's a he's a cancerous cell in that uh, yeah. party. And I never understood from the beginning why the religious, the Christian right was like, he's our man when he had so many. I mean, he's the least religious person I can think of. He had that yeah. yoga instructor guru at his right at his uh, last. No, he was just doing all the things yeah. that like people would like. <laughs> exactly. And now yeah. we see them reaping the seeds that they sowed and that they always wanted in the first place, like all these decades against abortion. I actually worked at the uh, ACLU Reproductive Freedom Project in college. And so Uh I had to track every county, every case that was coming up and um, anyone who needed grassroots help, the lawyers would uh, help out. So that was around the 25th anniversary and it was still wow. like a fight and it's just crazy that that was like the halfway point <laughs> you know what was what were the conversations like do you remember back then because they, they keep talking about like oh they could have codified roe v wade a long time ago and they were and 
it, it, it always seemed like they were sort of kicking the can um, because it is such a hot button issue and, and just reassuring people that like, no, Roe v. Wade is, is a, um, it's a precedent that, that will never um, be challenged. Uh, and then here we are now. So yeah, what was the conversation were like? Tracking like what local cases may go to the Supreme Court from mm-hmm. a grassroots level and which may go to the state or the next circuit level. So they were always vigilant about it. But then you had so many laws passed. And even Joe Biden himself had voted against the Democratic Party to limit wow. certain abortion rights in the Midwest. Um which now you're seeing that even escalated. Yeah. And then when you talk about like the terrorism, which they're never called terrorists, but the people who were bombing all these abortion clinics and threatening women on the street. And then, you know, that had an impact on the local election or local, you know, what you could say in public. You're just seeing all that come together now (laughs) through the Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, um, the chickens are coming home to roost, exactly. I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> because it's like, yeah, it's all coming together. Uh-huh. Yeah. And even in blue states, like even in New Jersey, where so many people hated Donald Trump because he screwed over Atlantic City or workers or yeah. casinos or whatever it is. When I looked at the last 2018 midterm map, still a lot of the counties were red. So even you can't yeah. take for granted like a blue state is a blue state in terms of all these rights. And once something like this becomes mainstream, then people start outing themselves. Like when Trump himself ran, yeah. it was like trendy again to be openly racist and like yeah. a gun or something, you know? Yeah. Cause he, you know, he's the protector of white life. Yeah, so exactly. as the protector, they, they are protected. Um, they, they can say whatever they want and they can come out of the woodwork and yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, he he's he's done something where because even like I was reading an op-ed today about uh, the hearings and about uh, Trump and 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 wanting to potentially run again. And there people are always saying like he's almost created uh, some kind of crisis, like some kind of like constitutional crisis. But like, no, it's here. Yeah, he's done it. He's succeeded. Yeah. Like, he'd been done that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even with the reporters who are like, they had these meetings on December 21st, according to Hutchinson, and the Congress people were asking for an advance presidential pardon and discussing the insurrection. But then they have to be like, so the president may have known about it, but it's like the president yes. in his office for a month or yeah. two going right. on. And the planning had been going on and the messaging had been going on for over a year by that point. So who right. are you kidding? Like why pretend to be so fair? But there are so right. many people who are still in disbelief that the press is after him or something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so two things come to mind. Um, one is that like Fox viewers um, during the whole uh, hearing uh, time, the the season yeah. during the season of, of hearings, um, Fox viewers tuned out the hearings and typically during the day they do really well. But uh, 
there was like a huge drop where it was like over 700,000 people tuned in um, when typically it's like 2 million or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, but then when the show The Five uh, comes on at five o'clock, the ratings shot back up. So like the numbers went back up. Mm. So like people were tune- tuning the whole hearings stuff out. Um, and then also I wanted to mention uh, the thing about Cassidy. So like in her um, in her testimony, you know, the quote unquote bombshell testimony. Uh, and I say this because I- I'm saying it sort of sarcastically because will it move the needle? I don't know. Right. Um, but anyway, when she described Trump saying like, I'm the fucking president, I want to go to the Capitol and then lunging after the agent yeah. that was, you know, driving and also trying to get at the steering wheel as well. Um, he was, he's so, um, he was so into image and impact because he's a great marketer. As, as horrible and vile as he is, he really knows impact. He really knows how to sound bites and how to how to really because he's he's a TV like in a in a sense he's a TV person himself. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to um, get ratings. And so like this was supposed to be as as Giuliani had alluded to um, to Cassidy the night before. Um, he's going to look really powerful. So like they they really had this like surprise moment it was almost like something out of like a batman like christopher nolan movie where like it was going to be you know them storming the the castle storming the capital and then he you know i don't know smoke billowing and then like he's standing in front of it all being like you see this you yeah. gotta make me the president so like he really well, wanted and that they impact gone in and, and then the agents were like no uh-huh. yeah they would have gone in and killed everyone too like uh, yeah, horrible. they had all these hold the line meetings this summer before, which apparently people had been talking about. What if he doesn't want to leave? Um, yeah, and I just thought it would be like him in his office, Oval Office, or something. And then yeah. people were like, "No, he has all these Proud Boys." So I thought maybe a group yeah. of ten people who are crazy, but I didn't realize like, oh no, thousands of people are going to show up to storm the Congress and kill everybody. Well, and yeah. he's vicious enough to do that. And he had no um, no respect for the law to begin with. Like, And even Jared Kushner in the hearings is saying that uh, they were talking about invoking the 25th Amendment, that he's not mentally fit in the last two weeks after the insurrection. And he, Jared Kushner and he were focusing on presidential pardons, like, I guess, pardons yeah. people or something who were involved. Right. And some mobs. Yeah. Going back to our original topic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's so much to unpack in this television uh, yeah. series. <laughs> because, yeah, the presidential pardons, it goes really deep because, like, there's Jenny Thomas, too, and Clarence Thomas, is like, you know, ostensibly, like, you have. Um, yeah, it goes it goes really deep. Yeah, like, and the I involvement was like, are, in this insurrection. Yeah, like are they announcing all these overturning all these things as landmarks as like a threat? Like they have so much power, and if you call in Ginny Thomas or Trump now, they've unleashed guns, <laughs> gun control, yeah. and then they're flexing on all these other points to just show how much power they have anyway and to incite their followers. 
but going back to your point about how it's television, everyone who yeah. gets interviewed is so attractive. And then you're like, yes. you're like, oh, is Hutchinson, <laughs> did he, did, did Mark Meadows want her in every meeting because she's attractive or because like, oh, she was course. like, Hope all the Davis. Notes? like yeah, know, she was... had, she had a Hope Davis look like cool hair. Yeah. She's pretty. She's totally, she's totally Trump's type yeah. too. Like I'm sure they thought she was hot. Uh, they just didn't know that, like, I guess she had a, a brain yeah. in, her, in her body. Yeah. Even though, like, again, not a hero. I'm, yeah. I would never hang out with this woman. But, like, And, like, if you she know. had succeeded, she would have been fine, actually. Like, yeah. She didn't quit yeah. her job or something at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he had succeeded, I mean, it seemed like she was sort of disgusted. Um, because, he, I mean, that, the, that went too far. Like, I remember the day... Let, if we could go back yeah, to the go. day to Jan six, I was um, I think I was running errands that day, and then I also had to I had a therapy appointment, and so my you know because of uh, the pandemic, I've been talking to her like on Zoom or like on Facetime instead of seeing her in person. So uh, I think I had the Zoom appointment, but because I was running back and forth and then I was so riveted by what was happening because it seemed like my family's from Haiti. So your family is from from India, from from yeah. Goa, um, which uh, I don't I don't know if Goa has experienced um, political turmoil like on this level. But and I grew up, you know, I grew up in Jersey, but I know just from family about uh, coups, yeah, coups totally. like I know about it and it was textbook like it was just yeah. um, you know the people rising up the people trying to to get in you know shit being thrown right. uh, guns uh, just people using ketchup <laughs> people using what they had you know wanting to seek you know these leaders and and just get in there and and fuck shit up so like it was a very textbook coup d'etat happening which which also you know in in that kind of situation the um piece de resistance in in that kind of instance is the leader to rise up and say you see this and so so like yeah. trump you know going back to trump i believe it i believe her when she says he was pissed off in the car and like wanted to get to the capitol because that was totally like his moment to shine right and be like you see what kind of power i have i told you I told you these people follow me. Right. Um, and and then also I, I think about like the QAnon documentary on HBO too, because that that's what was fueling everything too, was like QAnon and these like uh all of these like Facebook groups and 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 uh yeah. Reddit groups um fueling this and come, you know, Chan Six and like, you know, just getting people pumped up to be there. Yeah, well two things. One yeah, there were senior citizens who were storming yeah. the gates at one point. And you're like, yes. what security guard is going to start hitting senior citizens? You know, but that's supposedly, how riled up they were. And then, yeah, and so, and supposedly there were some famous people. Sorry, there was, oh, um, yeah. the, the, uh, there was a singer. Now I can't remember his name. He's on the uh, Rough Trade. What's, what's his name? I can't think of it now but it was like an indie singer um he has a song called round and round i forgot but uh ariel pink ariel pink was supposedly oh, okay. there and then also um jay johnston from bob's burgers was supposedly there crazy so okay i what was your day like that day well okay first of all um i had going back to 2016 2017 
2017, the week after Charlottesville, I had been in the hospital with some stomach issue and I didn't, I had no intention of going to Charlottesville, nothing like that. But the week after Charlottesville, I was put on a list on 8chan by the neo-Nazis and white supremacists saying I'm a leader of Antifa, which at the time I didn't think Antifa was, Antifa is not even an organization like the KKK or the anti-defamation league or something it's like yeah vaguely people who track um the white supremacist actions who are mostly just activists and i don't think they even consider themselves a group or i just thought of them as people from punk shows or something back in the day yeah so it turned out i had probably well first i had been interviewed at the women's march in the new york times and then i had probably signed a petition Mm-hmm. for refuse fascism like one i was like save the dolphins refuse fascism it was like something at the women's march i probably signed and then i had as a journalist covered the oak creek senate hearings so this is what i'm yeah. saying like, i've gone to so many senate hearings as a journalist i would be worried as a brown person carrying an extra water bottle like you're at the airport or something or too yeah. many batteries and then these people are like roaming in with full-out machine guns that's like white supremacy right there, you know? Oh, my God. Completely. So yes. Then, so then going back. So I had actually gone to some Congress people to ask for help and the ACLU. And uh, so you, I'm sorry, were you going to go to Charlottesville to? No, to I had no. I wasn't going to go to Char- I had nothing to do with Charlottesville, but they okay. put out lies all the time. So they must have just cut and paste a petition. People who signed it. And said, these are the leaders of Antifa after Charlotte. Oh, my God. So I started getting harassed online and they started doxing people and releasing their addresses and all kinds of, you know, violent stuff, threats. And then through Facebook, because you said Facebook groups, they yeah. started contacting me and threatening me. And um, you don't even know if they're real people or if they're fake, like. One was a grandmother who was into knitting. Those were her pictures. Another was an older veteran. And I was like, are you, isn't it un-American to support neo-Nazis? Like, didn't we fight yeah. a whole war against the Nazis? Right. I don't understand right. how you can claim to be patriotic. And then people were like, you shouldn't engage with them. And then other people were like, maybe they're bots. Like, there are so many theories. And then he he has a massive following. And one yeah. person was like, I used to vote based on abortion for Democrats. And now I'm so fed up. I switched over. And she had become like a media manager for Trump on Gross. his Facebook groups. Yeah. So... I had already been dealing with this stuff. And so I went to. Wow. And you're just, um, you know, you're an ordinary citizen. Yeah, exactly. And I guess I had the Oak Creek Senate hearings on my YouTube channel. So and Charlottesville was the anniversary of Oak Creek also around that same time with the secret and the white supremacist open fire. So I had to do all this like security stuff, but you've been on the internet now since you were a kid. So it's hard to delete your information. It's unrealistic. And also I didn't even know I was on this list. It was some people I hadn't even seen in like 10 years who had come across this and warned me about it. So I wouldn't have even known I would have been going around my business. And then a year later, a lawyer from Harvard 
approached me and told me that this list had come up with the Louisiana State Police in a separate case of uh-huh. racial profiling and um they had listed everyone on that list as a terrorist. Now I haven't even been to Louisiana. Oh my god. In the 90s. <laughs> so I just felt so like let down by this country and I'm just making my silly movies like I have I'm not even an organizer or anything. Maybe back in the day I was more politically active. So I went to certain people like there are certain um, people, Congress people who were running in 2018 and none of them wanted to help or could help. It was a weird topic, I guess, for them. And yeah. then January 6th, first, right. I had a meeting. This manager from India called me wanting to rep me. So I was on a whatsapp phone call and then yeah. i go and turn on the tv i'm like sure i'll send you my script i just have to like uh put everything in an attachment and then it was like two days of watching the news and these same uh-huh. people who i had gone to their um fundraisers and stuff asking for help yeah. were hiding in the capital on live television oh my god because it's like they underestimated it you know what i mean and so many of yeah. us have been dealing with it and in one of the hearings there was a uh the woman she and her mother were the poll workers who were giuliani lied and they were passing a mint or something and actually he or they were actually passing a mint and he lied and said they're forging false votes against trump and then they had to like go into hiding basically after that wow on the wow. grocery store since that wow. election and so that's a much bigger scale because they were accused uh falsely accused of flipping the election but once he sets you know people against you it's crazy and and they call him trump and fewer on these chat rooms like it's not yeah a joke or there's no fault like mystery about who these people are you know what i mean and that's the whole thing like why do we keep lying on their behalf or trying to be fair at this right right oh my god okay so so then i wrote a script about all this with some other feminist stuff that i Uh was feeling but i never thought they the before january the the summer before the insurrection i just sat down and there was a hurricane and there was a blackout and I wrote it by hand actually. And then yeah. and typed it up this feature script and um, people don't want to touch the material necessarily because it's controversial. And then the insurrection happened. So it was like, it was the seeds were all there in my script. And then how do you get yeah. something like that made now? You know what I mean? <laughs> because it is. Wow. And but at the same time people want to it's a risk i guess on some level but somebody has to speak up and somebody has to tell these stories you know wow so what you laid out was that like basically you were swept up in 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 uh something that was like it was almost like you you got like taken by like a like a tornado or like yeah a, um a, you know, just some kind of storm where you, um, you know, you, you weren't in, involved in anything and, and then you are, you're, you're just, um, 
along for the ride. So like you are an ordinary citizen, but like you happen to be um, like working uh, amidst a trial, but then because of your connection, you're then added to a list, which then, um, you know, germinates into like you being, you know, uh, branded something that you're not. Um, And then you're sending out warnings, alarms, like, hello, this is not me. And then, uh, you know, the uh, insurrection happens. And it reminds me a lot of like, you know, the top supermarket in Buffalo or like um, Valdi. You know, they were people that were warning others, yeah. police, like this person is crazy, especially Uvaldi. The, um, the uh, killer um, was uh, so many red flags. Yeah. And so many people were were alerting the authorities about this this person um but it is it's a very homogenous community i i would i would argue it's a homogenous community and and it was thought like oh he's fine but i feel like if he was a foreign a foreign person if he was different than than the others maybe there would have been more um push to to see what it was all about like to see to see what was going on because even uh like tops or like you know kyle rittenhouse there wasn't any warning about him but like he was he basically got away scot-free but if it was someone from the middle east if it was a black person would kyle rittenhouse kyle rittenhouse would probably be in jail or yeah of course Uh, i mean sure i've been an anti-racist activist since high school but i'm not like aoc like out there every day on the news or something like that you know what i mean right so then it's yeah wow they're really coming for all of us but then you sound alarmist and then also it's become so commonplace other people were like oh it happens to everyone now like just get over it you know like what are you afraid of you're still here you're fine yeah and so yeah and so sorry for for me going back to jan 6 so that day i had my therapy appointment i was uh just riveted by television i had to do the thing for my son and then i'm i'm racing back and i ended up having to call my my therapist and just have the session over the phone as i'm like driving quickly back home and and i was uh all I could talk about was what I saw on TV. And I, and I said to her, this is like Haiti. This is a coup d'etat. Yeah. And, and she probably, the way that she sounded to me was sort of like alarmist, like, like kind of like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You feel that way. Oh, like, I don't know if she, she understood the gravity or she's trying to keep me calm because it's she's a therapy session. Therapist. Yeah. 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 So like, she's trying to be my therapist, but then I'm like, no girl, like there's some serious shit happening right she's now. Like, and how do you feel um, about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but, but yeah, it was even uh when I was, um I was, talking about a project that um that i've been working on where there is a a a coup that happens in the in the um in the teaser part and uh and you know when i was talking about it and i was saying about like jan 6 because they 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 still didn't understand the idea of like insurrection or um you know a a riot like a political riot the media's complicity because a they promoted donald trump either because they're friends with him or they thought it was a joke and And he's good tv yeah he's great tv (laughs) and then they don't call it what it is they don't call it a attempted coup 
you know, we're still supposed to protect. And then he, part of the Hutchinson testimony was that afterwards they were dis discussing what to do. And then Ivanka and some people were like, you should tell them to go home and issue, yeah. um, a c condemn it. And yeah. then some people were just neutral. And then other people were like, just blame Antifa and say it's all a lie. And then now you have people still saying, oh, this is all special effects. And it never really happened. Oh my God. And that's oh the my country God. we live in. But then you don't yeah. have, and even with his other, when he was running for office and he has all these like, you know, abusing girls cases and other things, like yeah. the media is never going to report on that. So you're just right. enabling this guy who's a maniac because they probably agree with the rest of the agenda, like all this flipping abortion or whatever it may be on some yeah. level. You know, <laughs> Ooh, yeah, um, yeah, because especially like Mitch McConnell, like they, yeah. they just wanted their agenda. They just they they wanted what they wanted, and having him like, yeah, he's a buffoon, he's horrible, he's a crook, he's a mobster, whatever. But he's still getting shit done. He still has, you know, three. He got three appointments in. Yeah. Yeah, because it's almost like um, it, going back to like that op-ed that I read um, and it's saying that like he almost he's almost created a constitutional crisis. Um, you know, the uh, they, like they don't want to just call it what it is or like when somebody is a terrorist or when somebody yeah. is racist, they don't want to just call it out and say it yeah and it's sort of like they're almost they're kind of kind of sort of and going back to that the thing at the oak creek hearings which was 2014 i think was uh -huh. that the fbi said the white supremacist militias are the biggest terrorist threat in america and people even brown people were like no brown people are look at now and it's like no hello yeah, the no. fbi this is their job they are telling yeah. you this don't just because you go out for casting calls in hollywood to play terrorist doesn't mean like that is what it is now and now we're seeing what they were saying and they were asking for more funding at the time yeah to be diverted back to their their uh various programs right it was it's going back to that like seed thing that that that, that storm and, and people war sending sending out warnings call signals or, or whatever you want to uh however one you want to say it and and it getting ignored until it you know yeah. culminates to you know these people storming the capital and trying to fuck shit up yeah and then around thanksgiving um my good friend from high school had he had been a uh, White House intern with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So he has some political contacts. And we were like, what if he doesn't want to leave? You know, Donald Trump doesn't want to leave office. And he yeah. did some homework. And he was like, Secret Service is the only one who can help if they can, because they're they're sworn to the Constitution and not to any particular body of um government and right. that's what happened on uh, finally in the end it was the secret service like the capitol police were partially turned yeah. he wasn't calling in the national guard mike pence right. did when he realized they were going to kill him and yeah. it was secret service that came out and protected and served and didn't take him to the capitol as we learned this week yeah and 
shot back at the people if they had to. Yeah. So that's kind of scary that there's only one group of people in that situation. Right. And then they would that actually there. did their job. Yeah. That's why I believe Cassidy and I find her credible is because yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. That that secret service agent was just like, Nobby, we're going back to the West Wing. Yeah. And and saying that like, you know, kind of like almost like what I say to like, you know, when I have kids in the car, just, you know, put your seatbelt on, sit back in your chair. He was kind of like that. Like the Secret Service agent was like that, like sit in your chair. And then like he's like trying like, no. with his, like, little baby hands. No, I'm, like trying to like lunge You're after him. Anymore. Oh, my God. So like I, I guess like if this was my TV show, I'd probably start with that moment. And then I would go into the trial and then the, the show arc would be that like six episodes, six, seven episode arc. And then it would culminate with, you know, Cassidy uh, Hutchinson. So maybe like it could start. So maybe like it could start with like uh, like in the teaser with um, with uh, Trump in the car saying, no, I'm not going to sit down. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. And then like, you know, the first scene, I don't know, would it be the Cassidy Hutchinson's show? But that's if she really, if she really moves the needle and really like um, causes there to be an investigation. I don't know. And that's also the thing too, is that we're talking about like almosts. Um, and that's probably why I haven't really – I've been following it more like on Twitter or like in articles. I yeah. admit, I didn't watch any of the hearings. Um, but, you know, they keep saying that like, oh, she's me, she's the John Dean of like the white – like the Watergate person. Like she's she's that um, smoking gun. Maybe. I'd, we don't know. Nothing can stick. Um, I wanted to, to mention that um, they have – they had like a, a veteran TV producer oh, yeah. that produced the hearings, um, James Goldston. Uh, he was hired to produce this, the hearings as if they were a docudrama or a much watched series. Um, you know, each episode had a focus, including the sixth episode featuring the bombshell testimony of uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, the White House uh, legislative, legislative aide. Um, you know, this is also I wanted to point out that um, this is at, uh, happening. This the hearings happened at a time when uh, R. Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison oh, for yeah. sex crimes. Um, his conviction was a long time coming. You know, he's he's facing more charges. But a lot of people are crediting Gene uh, Dream Hampton's docuseries Surviving R. Kelly. I don't oh, know yeah, if you watched that. that. I know you're part. watching. Yeah, I know you're watching currently um, Janet Jackson. But like, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, surviving R. Kelly was pretty influential um, well, and and people are crediting it as a as a catalyst for change. Yeah, I liked how they uh, they would have the in-between interviews where they would interpret what was being said and then yeah. frame reframe it or frame it in a helpful way or these are things you should look out for things mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, there was some advocacy in it, definitely, compared to some of the other Michael Jackson documentaries or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because uh, nothing, like Trump, nothing could stick on R. Kelly. R. Kelly was causing crimes, <laughs> ruining lives for decades, and 
nothing happened to him. He he kept working with Lady Gaga or like Celine Dion, all these people writing great songs that are still stuck in my head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, I, I feel horrible. But and he's a monster. But like, you know. Yeah. And he, then they write a good song. how he got around it. Also, like he would wait till the yeah. 21, keep postponing the trial. And then they look like adults complaining about him or something yeah which is the bias in the system but yeah right right and so so yeah but then it wasn't until this series and just like you explained how they broke it down and really like made it um because it's like you have to have to like dumb it down make it like obvious yeah it's almost like with this this hearing too like you know how they had to break it up and and how they had to to focus on different things because there's so many moving parts yeah and And they did a thousand interviews behind the scenes and then they're just playing clips of them liz cheney and um what's his name from illinois um they all they all did their research uh a shift in in uh my state of california um yeah, they they produced over a hundred and forty thousand documents. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you know they you know they hired this TV executive to produce the hearings for Maximum Impact, which I I think that they were pretty successful in. The first hearing had like twenty million viewers. It started to to die down, but then um, it picked back up with the season finale, mm-hmm. and so the. Uh, series two is coming in July. We don't know what that's going to be yeah, like. Yeah, the and, night before. You know, people I are going to be hyped to watch it. I hadn't really watched it because I was like, I already know what I think about it. And I'm not. So- yeah. He got out of Letitia James was supposed to go after him like a superhero that never yes. happened in the state of New York. Yes. And she so, got shut down somehow. So I was like, let's see what happens here, if anything. But then, yeah. like you were saying, people were tweeting, oh, my God, tomorrow there's going to be a special guest. I can't sleep tonight. And I was like, what's going to happen? Um, yeah. The final, you know, interview. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that's when I watched the replay yesterday. <laughs> right. So... Yeah, because it's 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 entertainment. It's entertainment, but it's our life. It's our life. Exactly. And it's a big ass crime. It's a big ass crime that goes really deep. And it's like it's almost like you have to fire everybody. It's almost like you have to yeah. like restart the hard drive. Yeah. Especially because with one it, party. <laughs> yeah, with one. Yeah, especially with one party. Although, um, you know, there. um I don't know. There, there are others that that were complicit or were just kind of um, that might not have Enabling. fought a little hard, hard enough. I mean, yeah. Biden. I, I really, I really feel sorry for Biden. Um, but at the same time, um, he's so. I don't know if it's that he's an idealist and that he really believes in the system, but the system is broken. Yeah. So the system is broken, and you just have to like you have to deal with a broken system, but like he's, he still believes that the system is going to iron itself out. It still works and it'll it'll iron itself out. It'll all come out in the wash. But like, I don't know. I, you need like some like tied, like uh, that, like stick thing. Yeah. uh, Borax. I don't know to get the stains out because it's, it's not, it's not coming out. The stains are not coming out. Anyway, these are really bad metaphors. (laughs) Well, yeah, and, like, what's our responsibility as filmmakers and artists? Some people would say, oh, just to entertain people. But then 
even J-Lo flipped around from, you know, singing romance songs to making a statement at the Super Bowl. So in, in her own way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I like I love J-Lo. I love J-Lo. I love that J-Lo stays out of the, the fray. She doesn't say anything like overtly political. Um, you know, she does. She's she's pro um, Puerto Rico. Awesome. That's that's beautiful. But she's not trying to say that, like, she's not trying to, like, you know, get into any kind of political debate. She just does her job. Yeah. So I was like writing all this hardcore, socially responsible stuff and then researching mm-hmm. different historical topics and writing those. And then um, one of them is a World War Two story about my own great uncle. And India mm-hmm. was a colony of England and they yeah. ended up being the biggest army that no one has ever heard of because that was the British army was these colonies. So I started a documentary about that before the uh, pandemic. And then we find ourselves at this point where you're like, okay, do you leave? Is this when you're supposed to leave the country after the interaction? Yeah. You know, like at what point do we look back and say, okay, this is the historical point where you ask these other people, you know, these same questions. But anyway, I was writing all these yeah. like more awards drama type projects, and then mm. um, I'm in a I was in a writing South Asian writing group where we would have actors also come in, and then we did a showcase for one of the scripts. I wrote a jazz age script. Oh wow! So um, and then the ABC Disney casting people had come to that because of some of the actors so that's something people can do at home for their own projects with their friends like host or reading and then I started getting hired to do comedy so mm-hmm. um I kind of redirected the energy more into comedy and um social commentary I guess sometimes not it's just silly but it's it's way more entertaining to watch a comedy while you're editing it than a hardcore documentary so that way it's like lifted my spirits you know yeah um, you know Adam McKay started uh in comedy and I think working on like SNL and that's how he connected with oh, really? Will Ferrell oh. and yeah. And made um, incredible comedies, Anchorman and, oh, yeah. and more. And then um, he's uh, just because of the world, um, even though, I mean, he's kind of a, there's a pompousness to him, but um, I think he went to Harvard, but like Mm-mm. he, uh, yeah, there's um the, the movie about Cheney, there's, uh, you know, uh, the movie about the environment with Leonardo DiCaprio. Now I can't remember up, up here. Look up. Look up. Oh, yeah. Look, look up. Yeah. Uh, don't look up. And then you have um, there's another like a political movie, too. And then and then, you know, winning time. So like he, he does all of these sort of things. It sounds like you are very much influenced by what's happening in the world. Yeah, definitely. And um I always, I mean, I worked for Spike Lee and then I always liked those awards movies that were about important topics. So yeah, I felt like it was, a, and even growing up, you know, the shows like Different World came on and mm-hmm. people would, you know, challenge their stereotypes or whatever. So I thought it was a better way to 
communicate with people <laughs> and tell different yeah. types of stories and show the breadth of humanity. So yeah. Different world was huge because Bill Cosby, another yeah. another guy, another another classic guy. Um, he even though like the show was the, one of the best shows ever of all time, but like uh, the man himself, you know whatever. Yeah. But like, um, different world was huge because they got political and that was something different than the Cosby show, which you know, Bill Cosby was not about being political yeah. at all. And he was very adamant about it. But I think when, once Debbie Allen yeah. um, became part of the show, it became political featuring topics that like were not, were not really widely talked about. So yeah, that was, that was huge and very influential. What did you do with Spike Lee? When was oh, this? I was um, out of college, a couple years out of college and um I had a day job. Because you went to Oberlin. Yeah, right? I went to Oberlin. <laughs> yeah, which is a very, like, liberal – it's a lot of, like, rich kids yeah, now, but, like, like uh, yeah. A very uh, vegan type of – I was actually yes. vegan. Ah, <laughs> uh, so you were at Oberlin, and then, um, and then you ended up yeah, interning? I would come home and work on uh, sets in New York mm-hmm. and wait tables and – take classes and um on and film production or film theory and art I majored in art history and I minored in politics so I was yeah law also and then um and then I also did East Asian studies Mm -hmm. so um yeah, so when I came back, I worked for Jim Jarmusch's producer, oh, wow. Bradford, on Adrian Kelly's uh-huh. first feature, and it was uh, mostly women crew. So I just uh-huh. thought that's how things were. <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. it was like a unique situation. And was this for Trust? She was in a movie called Trust, or like was it Waitress? Um, I'll take you there. Was her third feature before Waitress? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. And Ali Sheedy was in it. And that was oh, like wow. the bad old days of New York where we would get to set at 4.30 a.m. and there would be blood all over the sidewalk from chickens that were delivered. And then yeah. you have to go into holding and clean out like crack pipes and stuff like that. And then- I'm imagining living in oblivion right now. That <laughs> exactly. Okay. But, you know, you're in your stripes. And um, these days when assistants complain, I'm like, you have no idea the stuff that we went yeah. coming up. And then um, – yeah, and then I worked for Spike Lee. Gita Gunbeer was there with Sam Pollard. And so I mm-hmm. came in on the night and weekend shift. And they were shooting the first digital movie. So they had 12 camera angles. This was mm-hmm. old. So I would log all the different angles, log the footage at night and on the weekends. And then also Spike Lee had his DVD collection of African-American cinema through history. Mm-hmm. So I would watch that while the tapes were recording. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then, you know, it's like Oscar Michaud, all these silent movies. So I got my own education there in the editing room. And then I was like, well, if these people did it under such hard circumstances, we should be able to. But that also gave me this foundation for socially responsible cinema also and right um then i got and then it got you listed it got you listed as an antifa yeah, later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah then i got tired of 
freelancing. So I got into distribution and um, worked at Universal and did a bunch of uh, the early web series. And uh, then I went to the Center for Asian American Media. So that was Mm -hmm. more part of the PBS circle. So then Mm -hmm. we were going to Congress to ask for money to release movies against hate crimes around the country and um, do more educational distribution to schools and libraries. And I started Third Mm -hmm. Eye, which was for South Asian cinema, which at the time we would release like 100 projects a year around the country. And then I went back to film school to Columbia from there and started my own stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And so what's the... What's Diwaliween? Oh, so Diwaliween is a family comedy that won 13 international awards. And we it's about a couple who want to celebrate the perfect Diwali, but then their nephew wants the perfect Halloween. So there's a holiday clash. And then um, everyone gets into a bit of trouble on the holidays. <laughs> Oh, fun. So there's yeah. there's lots of color. Exactly. And then, like, Halloween some costumes dancing. and maybe some dancing. Yeah. Nice. Is there singing? There is not singing, but I have a lot of um, South Asian American artists. So Falu just won a Grammy for uh-huh. Best Children's Album. And then there are a lot of like uh, DJ Rekha from Basement Bhangra, a lot of other local oh, wow. artists. Yeah. So that was pretty fun to put together. And then uh, Swan Group. I feel like I've been to, was I at, I, at a basement bungra at a, uh, what was that? SOBs. On, um, SOBs. Oh, yeah. my God. SOBs. Is SOBs still the there? It's that was the spot. Here. I'm not sure if they reopened yet. <laughs> on Varick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I saw Badu there once too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like um it was like DJ Reka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So okay, so these are all blasts from the past because like everything you're mentioning is very New York. Yeah, so, like, exactly. Spike Lee. Um uh, you, you know, yeah, Basin Bungra. You you mentioned something else too. I was like, oh, it's so New York. Um is have you ever lived in LA? Are you thinking about it? Are you happy working um, between LA's, like New York and Mumbai? LA is always on the back burner. Yeah, I've gone and done stints there, and there are a lot of great groups like Alliance of Women Directors. But I would need to book a solid job. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've applied for uh, you know writing or directing on tv shows so with the halloween it was intended as an indie pilot so then mm-hmm. it's like a tv hour or holiday films series pilot so that's something i've been pitching around or just getting staffed on a show mm-hmm. yeah so all of your um all of your your political background activism background um east asian studies background every everything um you know we were because we were talking about like potatoes and like you know (laughs) food kind of uh congealing and coming together to make something beautiful so like what would be your ideal tv show um and then like what are you doing now towards making that happen oh well i have i mean i have the holiday series and then um the world war ii project is also i'm pitching as a series and Mm -hmm. the thriller feminist thriller 
alt-right drama <laughs> so i've been what's that what's that oh the... that's the one i was telling you i had written a script and then the interaction happened so yeah that's like okay. a journalist who gets caught up in the web of the alt like an indian american woman yeah yeah wow so that one i've pitched to some production companies yeah i mean i'm looking for producers and production companies and mm. in the pandemic it's been pretty great at least getting general meetings because everything's yeah. on zoom yeah but yeah i feel like i would have to be in la but a lot of the studios weren't reopened like disney hadn't reopened yet and a lot of things yeah. had gone to canada mm -hmm. so that was another thing i was considering <laughs> vancouver right. or something right and i think like because um, I, I had on my show Mac Watson, who is a, a Canadian um, filmmaker, and she was talking about how it's a little bit easier to to get money, to get support oh, yeah. in, in Canada. Yeah. Um, especially for like a topic like yours, because again, like we're not, if we're not able to really talk about the thing, yeah. I wonder if people are really ready to like invest in the thing that they're not comfortable in a dress. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like yeah. if people can't say right insurrection, if people can't say uh white supremacist right, white supremacist insurrection, if people can't like actually just say it and call it call it out for what it is, um, are they gonna invest in a project like that? They should because that's what it is. Yeah, I mean we've seen Homeland for so many series seasons. Right. So why not, you know? <laughs> right, right, but it, but it's the other, it's the other, you know, it's the other countries that are the bad guys, not <laughs> not not the call coming from within the house, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then but, I was thinking yeah. of Toussaint. Is that from Haiti? Yeah, right, who yeah, Toussaint Louverture. Yeah, uh -huh. and wrote about liberation and all these things. So it's like yeah. time to go back to the roots that way. <laughs> One of the things about Toussaint was that he was influenced by this, um, this like monk or like a friar oh, really? or something um yeah uh Reynal. so he was he was influenced by this writer uh who's oh. a, a religious person Reynal, um who wrote about um enslaved people mm -hmm. and it was while reading that 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 Tucson was like oh there were other kinds of enslaved people not just you know people like me mm -hmm. and and it it inspired him to to want freedom and it wasn't until he was in his 40s that like it started to coalesce and like he got yeah. he got in a group and um the revolution happened so he was he was considered like an old guy um within like the group of revolutionaries um and you know in 1804 Haiti won its independence mm -hmm. um so and they've been punished for it ever since but yeah, like that's another paid. story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been punished by Europe, by America, by Catholic Church, whatever. It's it's a lo another long story in itself. But like, um, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, revolution doesn't happen overnight. And those people thought that these Jan Six people thought that what they were doing was revolutionary. I, I don't know. <laughs> they just want things to stay the way they are. And yeah. That's just not, it's not happening. <laughs> and go backwards. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not 1950s anymore. And, you know, we don't, um, and it doesn't have to be. You can share. Like, um, 
Anyway, sit back in your chair. <laughs> it goes back to sit, sit back in your chair, put your seatbelt on, enjoy the ride. Well, that was um, one of the arguments that uh, they could use the 13th Amendment against the abortion ban because it implies slavery of women. Or it was, that was one of the factors of slavery, I guess. They were thinking of other uh, legal arguments around <laughs> what had already yeah. been argued. <laughs> Whenever right. it up again, I don't know. The idea of spin is what I'm trying to say. It's so amazing that you can take something and spin it to mean something else. Like Kellyanne Conway, another Trump person, is excellent with that. Like she can take something and just spin it. And you're just kind of like, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's true. Like she was saying something about how her husband, how he became an anti-Trumpster. It was almost like cheating because he tweeted against Trump and that was her boss. And like she oh. felt betrayed by that. Oh, so anyway, that's what that yeah. uh, Gaslight Julia Roberts show is about. Oh, okay. Yes. So I guess with Sean Penn. Show, uh -huh. like, oh, similarly, there was a Republican woman who uh -huh. stepped out against the party with Nixon and she had been calling him out and her husband was uh, part of the administration and he eventually chose the administration against her. But it's like wow. the downfall, her downfall. And then they kept calling her crazy. And uh, there's even a psychiatric term when people don't believe you. That's named Gaslight. after her. Yeah. There's some oh, other I thought, I thought it was the movie. I thought it was the movie with like uh, jo Joan Fontaine. Oh, no. It's the new TV show on stars with Julia Roberts. No, no. I know, oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I know. I know the Julia Roberts project, but I thought that the term Gaslight. Oh, was yeah. The... No, no. There's a. There's a syndrome named after her, the woman. I'm blanking on her name right now. That is yeah, the Julia Roberts character. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because there was there was a movie with um I believe it was jo Joan Fontaine or Olivia De Havilland. Oh yeah, her sister. Um, and 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 uh and uh Carrie Carrie Grant and Carrie Grant was um, oh yeah being terrible to her and making her feel like she was crazy. Uh, right. It's Ingrid Bergman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Ingrid Bergman. So, yeah, after the death of her famous opera singer, Aunt, Paula is sent to study in Italy where she becomes a great opera singer. Uh, she falls in love with Charles Boyer. The two return to London, and Paula begins to notice strange goings on. Um. And, uh, and yeah, they, they treat her like she's crazy. Um, so, so then, yeah. And then, uh, and then that happened with the, in the, in the Watergate hearings. So, yeah. and that's what happening to us too, in a lot of ways, We're yeah. being, we've been gaslighted a lot. Okay. So we could talk about this forever. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I, I just want to play a very quick game with you. Sure. Okay, but for real, do these celebs deserve more or less time in the limelight? So let's move away from the politics and like the, you know, uh, the real life TV docuseries people 
and uh let's let's just talk about like you know vapid celebs for a Sounds moment good. <laughs> yeah uh do you wish kim kardashian got more or less media attention and your options are more there's no such thing as too much kim k less i'm so tired of hearing about her or she gets the exact amount of press she deserves hmm i haven't been seeing her much lately except for the uh the scandal with Marilyn Monroe's dress. Not yeah, really. which is yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, I was like, why did you lend it to her? Like, you knew it was gonna. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's a very it. old dress. Yeah. <laughs> so I so guess you think she gets getting what she deserves? Yeah. yeah. First, I said too much, but now I'm like, oh, actually, I haven't heard much about her <laughs> in the last few months. So, do you wish? You were seeing Chris Evans in the news more or less. More. Chris Please Evans. inundate me with Chris Evans content. Less. I don't care. Or he gets the perfect amount of coverage. <laughs> um, more. Oh, wait. Chris Evans. Wasn't Chris Evans also an insurrectionist? No. No. Um, <laughs> Chris Pratt is more oh, of Chris a political, yeah. okay. political guy or like ultra religious but i don't I, neither of them were at the hearing we were at the hearing or at the okay riot. yeah so chris evans more i haven't seen much of him lately <laughs> yeah uh what about harry and megan harry and, and so for sorry so 51 percent say they want to see more yeah um, so harry and megan what about them do they i think that they've been getting less yeah, um, I watched the, I watched the Queen's Jubilee and um Yeah. I didn't they were basically left out of it, so that was too bad. And as an American watching it, it was interesting like as an Indian American because yeah. they're still obsessed with the Queen. But then as yeah. an American, it was like, Oh wow, the parade really is all about what like there's no Mickey Mouse or anything. It's just the Queen and like parade. The whole thing is about her. So it yeah, it was about her, but then it was also to prop up Will and Kate. Yeah, because they they are the future of the monarchy. Right. Um. Even like my mother in law, the way she talks about Will and Kate and how like they're um you know they're doing a really good job and and they're 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 making the best out of uh, something that's really hard. And I'm like, no, they're colonizers, and like yeah. they like. I, I'm done. I'm 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 done with them. I hate the royals. Well, but I, I do. I do. To, uh, I actually wanted to, uh, yes, to get in touch with Meghan and Harry because Harry was in the army and like he's mentioned uh -huh. the colonial part of that. So yeah, um, that would be cool. Yeah. So I think they should. And get they are producers. Exactly. <laughs> so you want more coverage? Yeah. I haven't been hearing much about them anyway. Seem fifty two percent. Maybe it's a lot of British people. Fifty two percent says less, please. It's not oh. my business. Thirteen <laughs> percent want more coverage, and thirty five percent say they get just enough. Um, I kind of feel like I feel like they get just enough, and I feel like um, I don't know. Why do you want to be associated with them, with the <laughs> royals? So anyway, um, do you wish you saw Lizzo in the headlines more? often or less often yeah i love lizzo 
Has she Me been too. flatlined at all? I can't think of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think she gets a, a pretty normal amount. Um, but you could also say less often or more often. What do you think? I'll say more often. Yes. Lizzo is fantastic and deserves all the love. That's an option. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Timothée Chalamet. Um, more. I care about his every move. Less. I've had enough. Neither. Things are fine as is. Maybe less. They started releasing his high school videos, which I thought was, it was funny and cute, but it was a bit much like we're out of things. Now we're going back to high school. <laughs> I didn't know that from like when he was went to school with Lourdes. He rapped. He, yeah, he did a science. Ansel, he did a what rap? A science rap or something? Ew! <laughs> I have to look that up. I have to look up Timothy Chalamet science rap. So sixty-one percent said the less I've had enough. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Although I love my nephew, who did it. Him, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Good for my nephew. <laughs> nice. It's cute. Do you want more Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox? No. I don't. They they both were wearing matching pink outfits for something having to do with <laughs> pink. Uh, like, I think he has an album out that said, like, in the pink or something. Like, he's so whack to me. Um, but I, I, yeah. I find him uh, – he's pretty, but it's just like – I don't know. Anyway, more, more, yeah. more. They fascinate me. God less. Or um, – neither so how do you feel i'll say they less. get the right amount of attention less yeah i'm i'm so bored they just they they have no substance and they just uh whatever um yeah 61 percent agree with us 61 percent are right harry styles harry styles i'm also bored with uh always so options are always give me more i can never get enough harry or less please tone it down with the harry obsession i would say that or Neh, he's in the news a normal amount mm, i would probably say less yeah he's uh he's boring to me uh amy schumer and 38 percent say always give me more um 30 23 percent agree so he's very like um, there's no like emphatic like yes or no. Uh, he's pretty middle of the road, which is you know boring. He's boring. So anyway, um, that just that poll just proves my point. So anyway, should there be more or less Amy Schumer news? Um, I like Amy. I think she's fine. I think she gets the right amount. I I don't know what else I want from her. I don't want anything else from her. <laughs> what about you? Sure, more, I guess. Well, her new show came out. She was. I never watched it. Did you? With the models on the front line of the Kavanaugh hearing. So I yeah. didn't hear what she said last week with the. Oh, uh, with Emily. Emily <laughs> Ratatowski. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 39% have no opinion. 39% 39 have more, no opinion. 53% are over her, and 8% <laughs> um, want more. So. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> yes, we are the eight percent. Um, okay. Should Jennifer Lopez be making more or less headlines? I feel like she um, does enough. Uh, are you or do you want more or less? Yeah, she does enough. Yeah, she does enough, and she just released that movie on Netflix. So right, halftime about her. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she does. She does everything right. 
Um, 36% say she gets the right amount. 54% are tired of her. Um, more or less Kylie and Kendall. Kylie, Kendall. Oh, over, over. You're over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less, less, please, less. So yeah, 88% agree. Less, please less. 3% want more. I don't know who the 3% are. I think it's Kylie and Kendall. Um, 9% are fine as is. So the people have spoken. Shilpa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, what is making you happy these days? Oh, walking my dog and the weather's been really good. And going to the beach has been good. What and- beach? Oh, just uh, the Jersey Shore and the Hamptons. Yeah. I went to Miami in March. That was pretty fun. Nice. (laughs) You go to the Hamptons? Yeah. (laughs) I went to the Hamptons, I think, once as a kid. I remember it took us hours. So you go to Montauk. Oh, nice. Do you hobnob with the um, famous people? Stranger Things. (laughs) Yeah. Are you are you like hobnobbing with the Stranger Things cast? Or are you exactly. doing are you like yeah? I'm oh, okay. Psychic experiences <laughs> with aliens. Oh, <laughs> in Montauk? Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, are you joking? You're serious? Well, that's where Stranger Things is based on, right? <laughs> it's based on the Hamptons? Yeah, there was an army base in Montauk where they had all these weird what? experiments. <laughs> yeah what and they in the uh 60s and 70s and they claimed there were alien landings there and psychic experiments and supernatural stuff <laughs> and oh my a goodness. lot of action. i wonder why i wonder if that's why that the town's called hawkings because it kind of sounds like hamptons oh yeah probably oh wow no i had no idea that there was a connection oh yeah to- to the, the original the original pitch deck is called Montauk, actually. Wow. Online, yeah. OMG. And it was just like, no, that's too much. Yeah. It's, it's too <laughs> people can't handle well, that. The first two pages are about how these experiments used to happen in Montauk at the army base. Wow. So like for the three percent of people that, you know, of Americans that go to the Hamptons, they were like, No, they can't handle that. They can't be in the Hamptons. <laughs> Um, but I guess I guess for like, you know, Sally in Idaho, she could relate more to like ha- uh, Hawking's Indiana than, you know, the Hamptons yeah. in, in New York. Then um, I guess because when people think Hamptons, they think of like that Diane Keaton movie where she's like, you know, going to the farmer's market and writing and um, pining over Jack Nicholson. So so I guess it doesn't that doesn't fit the, had, the uh, you know, paradigm. Revenge, that show Revenge was taking place oh yeah yeah so like just wealthy people yeah wealthy people being bad which is part goes back to the full circle moment (sighs) wealthy people being bad um and that that's that's what we're living in right now um but this has been amazing so how can people find you so i have a website you can look me up um on twitter also i'm at Shilpa MS1 on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram, so you can follow me there. Yeah, and you're very active. Yeah, not in Tifa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll check out your YouTube channel. Yeah, in just put and in your name. 
Yeah, you can put in my name and also Devaluine has a website for that project also and we're doing some pre-sales for October. So you can Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So jump on that this summer. Um, so this is amazing. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me. Um, Thanks we'll for see you me. next week. Yeah, of course. This has been awesome. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs>